What is the difference between a regular thing and getting into a growth stage startup like this? Joining a unicorn of a startup, right? And what are the challenges you are signing up for is what we are discussing, right? So in a nutshell, to be honest, right, Madhuri, it's, it's going to be a roller coaster, right? And you have signed up for that. And if I have to point out one most important thing for decision making is to evaluate if you are ready to work with some amount of ambiguity when you are actually applying or if you've, if you've been shortlisted for these jobs. It's early. Product is evolving still. Yeah. Uh, you are going to be a very, very crucial part of decision making at this organization because most of these are designed first. The PMs are working with designers to get to the solutions, etc. Most of the cases, like companies who have been there for long and they have figured it out, they will. But more often than not, there are not going to be ready PRDs. Uh, there are not going to be any signed and approved solutions. And trust me, you have to be ready for the fact that these solutions will change dynamically on everyday basis. So key skill here is to deal with the ambiguity. I mean, be ready to deal with the ambiguity and to be ready to fail fast. Okay. The moment you get into a silo to work on that end-to-end workflow, beautifully charted out in a sketch-like tool or Adobe-like tool, it's already too late. You know, you, you finish, you've almost reached the finishing line and then somebody says, hey, you know, we are changing yes. direction or solution. There is a technical uh, feasibility issue there. Let's, let's go back to whiteboard. And these are real-life problems. You don't need to get upset at that. And you, you need to work with that kind of an ambiguity is the key skill. Right? And at an early stage in most of the startups, the PM roles will be played by one of the co-founders. And at an early age startups, like I did, I worked directly with the co-founders. Yeah. And your responsibility here will be uh, to extract the essence out of every single conversation yeah. and try and look for the bigger picture. Rather than limiting yourself to some screens or, you know, one particular workflow or one particular problem statement at, at that point of time. Yes. So, so just talk, whoever you're working with, try to get the essence out of these conversations, take a lot of notes and reflect on this. All the inputs you are getting is what I will suggest. That's lovely. Actually, ambiguity part is something nobody talks about. So how did you go through that journey? Because we don't know it that we are in ambiguity until we cross it and come out how do we you know cross this path or or what are the markers of ambiguity <laughs> i know it's an off topic question but it's something that's important for all of us designers absolutely and, and this topic is also very close to my heart because i deal with it every day clever tap is a series c funded now but i've been with the product since day zero when there was no product you can only imagine the kind of ambiguity i had to deal with because there's no product you are doctoring or there is no product you are improvising on you're making a product from scratch back to a kind of a cdp platform big data platform the, with a lot of nuances to it, it right it's mm-hmm. going to be a very complex tool and even if you are not the ambiguity can be present in any form because at first when a problem statement is taken for yeah. let's say your roadmap we just say, okay, this is the problem we want to solve because the customer request has come in because uh, you're chasing some parity or because you have some brilliant differentiator idea in your mind, right? And that 
I want to solve this is a very yeah. plain statement. Now to add some details to it, you go through many cycles. It is not that a PM is going to sit and write user stories which are going to be ready for the consumption of a designer. I think you as a designer need to be equally a part of this early stage of solutioning alongside business, alongside yeah. engineers, alongside product managers, because they don't visualize like you do. Yeah. The moment you hear what is the problem, if you just start visualizing, because you have power to visualize, right? So any of these stakeholders. So you yeah. need to use that power to visualize and course correct that solution in a due period of time. That collaboration over the period of time can get you to the right solution. It is not only the tech limitation. It is not only the business angle of it. And it is not only the product use cases. Also about how do you productize this as a designer. Involvement of a designer at an early stage is very, very crucial. And attitude wise, I feel it's very important not to give up at this yeah. I have seen more often than not designers say, hey, you know, solution is changing. It's too ambiguous. We are changing requirements every, every day and we are going back to whiteboard. But that's what will happen because you're working on something big, which has not been created previously. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the crux of ambiguity and how do you deal with that? Yeah. yeah, and it's an acquired skill. Trust me, it's not. There are times where I get frustrated with changing requirements and additional use cases. And, you know, as I like to call it, this is my favorite thing, all variables and no constant. Being an engineer, that is back of it, back in my mind. So if you take an algebra equation and add all the variables in that without adding any constant value, how do you solve that equation, right? Many, many times you'll get into a situation where you will be given an equation with all the variables. You need to add your constants. You need to find out your constants and deal with that. Yeah, and figure out what constants are there, first of all. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that leads naturally into a question, like how do you manage multiple roles at a time? Like you could be a user researcher and then suddenly you have to be a UI designer if you are probably team of one or team of two. How does that happen? And, uh, and to be honest, this is a separate podcast in itself because managing a team is not described probably uh, in a few pointers here and there. I've, I'm learning still and I have learned a lot from my mentors and my managers uh, in the past. Currently, I keep observing the people I don't even report into. In a nutshell, for designers, I feel uh, design managers especially, I would like to say that people will join your design team if and only if they think they will learn from you right so you need to be that north star for your team if they don't respect they will not join your team and your team eventually becomes a reflection of who you are uh, right and as a design leader i'd i'd say you list down your priorities first when when you're building your team that is right you you list down your priorities you list down the values and ethics you want to inculcate in your team Sets you need them to develop and work towards that as opposed to micromanaging and making the designers lose, lose their freedom of thought. Because as designers, you and I hate that, right? If somebody's micromanaging, because I have ideas, I have freedom of thoughts. So you want to make sure you're not managing their daily routine, but you're just nudging them in the right direction. And uh, as a manager, 
you need to start detaching yourself with everyday work and focus on big picture uh, many times people don't do that and that's where they get into daily rut of uh, solving independent things as opposed to focusing on the big picture so you need to know what design for your product stands for and help your team mold their ideas and serve that big picture and it's yeah. a difficult job at first to be honest but as the yeah. time goes your team will become independent it's it's mm-hmm. a great thing and they will think about any problem in a certain way a way that matches your design philosophy and that you as a leader want to achieve and how do i manage uh, you know multiple roles at a time it's if i have to give you one answer i calendar it it's as simple as that <laughs> i have learned it from my mentors again multiple hats very very efficiently at the same time and yet completely rock at what they do as you organize yourself you cannot do this it's not possible time management very important you need to carve out meeting times accept meeting invites or deny them make sure people know that you are busy at a certain time make people block your your calendars if they need you in a meeting plan ahead and block calendars for others who need to review your work etc go prepared for a conversation make an agenda most importantly block some personal time in your calendar to think and work because most of the time design managers are wearing too many hats like we just discussed right so i would suggest you carve out a time uh, a dnd time for yourself where you think and work and you can to be honest totally go crazy and block your travel and lunch time in the calendar so it it really helps because being a mother of two i have my morning schedule set more often than not have calls than in in during my travel time lately i've started doing it and it's working for me that's lovely that's a project we should calendar everything time management you cannot negotiate for you have to manage your time yourself and actually you are not perfect as a design manager right you uh, if you think what you are doing is 100% right that's not the right thing you need to observe other managers observe other leaders and see what they are doing right or what they are doing wrong and how happy their teams are for what they do inputs from your team on what they expect out of you on a very regular basis i think it is very important for a manager any manager that is to do one on ones with their teams on a regular basis because that kind of gives you insights onto what are the blockers for them individually not in terms of the work but generally also in the, as a growth path you really don't need to do it at the end of the year in the appraisal cycle because that's a formality right but if you if you've done that on a regular basis they have evolved as a designer and you have evolved as a manager simultaneously so that you can do better to make them successful do you suggest that you have a, a scheduled time one to ones with your team regularly so that we understand how they're growing and what kind of uh, methods that they use to during these one to ones should how much should i prepare and how much should they prepare i know this is still off tangent but this all comes under the bucket of the team thing absolutely and i would suggest you schedule it beforehand it needs to be a recurring on calendar i mm-hmm. do it personally for with my manager and we never miss it and i make sure i do it with my team uh, my direct reports on a regular basis it it doesn't need to be every week it could be once uh, in couple of weeks once in a month 
but stick yeah. to your time and and carve out that that time to talk to your team because that will give you great insights and you can actually just if, since you are asking me about the method you can maintain a document of what we discussed the key pointers out of it yeah. what was something i was doing good what was it that i needed to improve last time and what mm-hmm. i have achieved in the in between these two one on ones with my manager and you yourself will reflect on that you yourself will feel like okay i need to improve on this certain area and i will work towards it as yeah. opposed to shooting in the dark at the end of the year you you are getting all the feedback and although it's a 360 feedback but it's already way too late in with teams and you know working with other teams how do you manage to work with a pm and what is the overlap and how do we manage you know the relationship between product management and design the forever battle that we have with <laughs> yeah I, I, although i'm an uh, i know what you're talking about that it's a battle sometimes think about it in this way if if you're working with someone who has design empathy i'm mm-hmm. not saying design input you are in a brilliant company if the product manager in question empathizes with the whole importance of design it's you are going to rock at that project so even if there is going to be overlap in your skills it's perfectly all right because like i just said few minutes back you mm-hmm. work towards a solution especially in complex scenario like ours at clevertap just by putting a designer hat you will never come uh, to a right solution but you need to evaluate different disciplines right you need to evaluate the tech feasibility you need to evaluate if it is the right business angle because because maybe the product is uh, directed to go in a certain way and and your solution may not fit that direction somebody has the design empathy especially product managers or co-founders in question at an early phase startup i would say don't take it personally uh, more often than not we tend to take design and put on our ego as designers right and it's almost like i am a designer and i know how to do this better than you do and to avoid conflicting uh, scenarios like this i'd suggest you get into a habit of listening more most of the time this feedback seems like some ui input but what you need to decipher is the pain point behind it so if somebody is giving you feedback about your design it may not be because they just want to voice their opinion on something right there is some pain point behind it try and listen to it try let them describe it if you disagree give better options if you don't have a better option try and explore the direction which was discussed with your pm or co-founder come up with a logical merge between your idea and what they are suggesting for the improvement so that way you can work together instead of working against each other it never helps in my opinion because it is disagree and commit sure i disagreed with you but i'm committing but when i look back tomorrow when i look back at yesterday when i accepted uh, your solution i shouldn't be saying that hey it failed but i already told you so you know uh-huh. you, you need to come up with an agreement and you need to buy into that completely because mm-hmm. you are one team and we need mm-hmm. to remember that as designers as opposed to just working as a designer yeah so the buy in part also requires you to drop business uh, certain ideas because business says you know hey uh, we are pivoting and you know how do we as designers deal with it i carried a frustration that <laughs> a lot of my work is not visible out there definitely i did but now i'm peace with it 
but how do we actually go about it in our daily lives i don't know whether it helps everyone here to know but i'd like to tell you guys that i have had to shelve a lot of cool projects midway because not just the business pivot but also logistical issues like unavailability of resources or technical challenge or change in the road map due to customer commitments the reasons could be many many this life and you mm-hmm. need to be able to deal with it you can't be stubborn about okay i have started on some idea let me finish it maybe it is not important for the business maybe we are wiser than what we were yesterday that little more wiser input into today's day i think uh, if it is changing and if it is logical accept it and i would actually on this point uh, badri i would like to uh, remember a professor of mine in nid he was a graphic design faculty sm shah we had these courses in nid we would be given an assignment during that course and we this particular professor asked us to make 100 options for every problem statement he gave us oh my god morning we had to come up with 100 solutions or 100 iterations for that only to discard those 100 options and make another 100 so this is a habit we got into this is this is a very important lesson it's a life lesson as opposed to a design lesson where they taught us not to fall in love with our designs only to strive to make it better with every possible input with every time every second every possible feedback you get coming back to what you asked me about uh, if the business is pivoting and uh, i have a frustration about it just remember that you can always do better tomorrow again mm-hmm. there, there will be frustration you have to deal with that yes? <laughs> but don't fall in love with your designs ever yes that should work for all of us now that reminds me we did make a progress on an idea that was shared probably two days ago and we are going through saying that today in the stand up i'm going to present the progress but sometimes i feel that why should i present this i feel like i have not done anything you know <laughs> how should i do that like, how do i actually make sure that i quantify the work that i have done it's not justify it's more quantify and share it in a structured manner how do i do it it's midway right Yeah. absolutely and this is a very very valid question and i'm sure lot of people face this and in fact i have personally gone through this this is through experience and this is through we striving to make our design process at clevertap better every passing day we are not stuck to it like we are not stuck to our designs we are not stuck to our processes also we strive to make them better and one thing we realized that daily stand ups are useful only and only if you have your personal sprint or your personal time planned out well again going back to my calendar right these need to be used i mean the stand ups to tell your team about you're on track or no it doesn't need to be a description of okay what you have done last week this week i'm planning this no it has to be two weeks of sprint is planned properly i know what i'm going to do every day today what i have to do is it on track or no so this is this is the essence of stand up right so giving percentage completion of a task to the team is practically useless in my opinion so i'd advise you uh, to break your tasks into logical subtasks while you are planning the sprint during the sprint planning meeting or while you are grooming the sprint etc and these need to be very small logical subtasks 
that are uh, plotted in a way that you come that you complete every subtask every day let's say or every half a day for example if you're doing competitor research so you say in your sprint task that today i will uh, do the research of product a and product b this these two sections right and be done with that it's a logical end point to your research phase as opposed to saying i'll look at 100 i'll leave the tabs open i'll not finish it you need to conclude out of that task and you need to mention in your subtask in whatever tool you are using jira or something this if if i have mentioned competitor research in my sprint task today i need to know what is the output of that and that is the output which you need to tell or showcase your team okay i had said i'll i'll present 10 pointers about the competitor research and i'm done with those 10 pointers trust me it's it's it works amazingly the feeling of completion in this manner is lot more satisfying than saying that okay i'm 40% away from completion it doesn't tell you where you are tell your sprint team also where you are in in terms of completion so today you are giving 40% tomorrow you'll give some 40 whatever 30 it, it's same for them you basically saying i have to objectively break down my big chunk into a smaller chunk and then approach it half day by half day so that i can make sure that you know whatever is planned for that day is at least completed and dusted so i have an answer to actually share to my team and they are informed because of my actions right? absolutely absolutely and you also have the sense of completion you know logically you are progressing towards something as opposed to you know shooting in the dark yes yes makes sense now this actually leads me to a question which is does slack help in collaboration <laughs> slack will ban me but i will try <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely and 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 to be honest i have been battling with this point myself of so okay. um, it's a great tool i love slack for uh, mm-hmm. what it can do it's it's usable uh, but my answer is somewhere between it's yes and no i feel you need to be disciplined while using slack right i opt out of all the channels that are irrelevant and trust me at clever tap the rate at which we are growing the number of channels that are created you wouldn't believe but we have a birthday channel so that we don't pollute other channels with the birthday messages we have I, a food channel <laughs> i mean these are random channels right we also have a random channel by the way but yes. we have we have sprint specific channels we have team specific channels we have project specific channels so there is so much noise and there is so much conversation which is going every day that to me it is very difficult to keep on top of every possible uh, conversation right possibility so out of so i opt out of uh, channels that are irrelevant for me i i personally mark myself okay leave the channel and i have a dedicated time actually to go through group conversations i don't actually keep clicking on to group conversations as in when they show up in my feed but i am on top of my personal messages on slack having said that i don't rely on slack for prompt responses because you need to give a person benefit of doubt that they are not constantly staring at a screen either your phone or your monitor so there will be delay in response so if you are using slack for prompt responses or feedbacks it is not the channel to use you might as well uh, just do a quick 
call or if it is a if or entire team is sitting in one place i i prefer to go to the person and talk personally and one yeah. more challenge i find with slack is that once clicked you have already read it you can't unread it able to remind yourself that okay this was a good point i don't have time right now but i need to consume it again when i have time it is way too difficult so yeah. it is it's a great conversational platform but it is a limiting platform when it comes to uh, threads of conversations it is limiting as uh, when it comes to responses and feedback so i i would i would stick to what it is supposed to do rather than using it for everything that actually uh, you know just closes the point of you know how we deal with teams and all of that mm-hmm.